This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you the morning after. We made a decision. Actually, we made a decision before the game when Brentford played Norwich. We said, tell you something, maybe it might be best to record the morning after the game. Now, what we do is that normally if we feel like we're going to win, we normally record the evening of the game because we think, hey, we're all going to be jubilant and stuff. But I don't know if it's a psychological thing or what. But we decided to record after the game. I don't know if it's because we were playing safe. And we may talk about that a little bit later. Or whether or not we just thought, tell you something, we're going to be so tired after celebrating watching the bees win. It's better to record the morning after. I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with a rather cut down version of the podcast. Because we thought we'd just go one on one. Myself and my man Laney in the house, we thought we'd shoot the breeze. Instead of having all sorts of characters inside there, we just thought we'd just go one-on-one together. How are you doing, lady? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Um, better for a, a nice strong cup of coffee this morning. Um, yeah, as you said, it was, a, it was a bit of a topsy-turvy night last night. Uh, so plenty to talk about today. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, I'm glad we didn't do it last night, actually. It was, uh, there was, it was too, too much was needed to go all our way for it to be that jumpy up and down podcast night so uh yeah it, it's certainly not over is it we're still a long way till the end of the season lots of twists and turns as there were last night it just show showcased how unpredictable the championship is yeah definitely showcases how predictable it is i mean you know talk about last night like i said to you plenty of things to happen obviously we wanted to beat norwich but also we had watford playing and we also had swansea playing as well Jeez. and like i said you don't even draw me into that conversation and uh, you know like I said to you if, if, if it had all got our way I mean there could have been all sorts of pandemonium going on but it didn't quite happen and everything actually didn't go the right way so like I said to you we'll be talking about that and even more on the podcast a little bit later um, the one thing I'd say to you like you know you know, last night obviously we lost to Norwich 1-0 to a, a very good Bundia goal uh, we'll talk about that later but you know last night Brentford weren't quite the bees knees I mean they weren't the, they weren't even the bees trees and there's a bit of a sort of wildlife preservation thing going on as we sort of kind of flip the script isn't there lady 
Yes, um, you would have, might have woken up. Those those bees that spend a lot of time on social media probably would have noticed yesterday morning that the bee in the Brentford crest had had gone missing, um, and a uh, lot of lot of clubs clubs with um, animals in their badges had uh, agreed to take those animals away as a sign of. Uh, uh, highlighting the plight of um, the decline of wild animals and environments around the world. Um, so it shows you how um, small things can um, make uh, big news stories, um, especially in football. Um, and uh, Brentford took part in that uh, that British um, the World Wildlife uh, um, Awareness campaign, which should be should be credited to the club absolutely. Um, but it, it raised a couple of questions, Bill, didn't it about um, whether uh, the club have just signed up for that to just get a pat on the back or whether they are actually uh, genuinely concerned about uh, wildlife issues because um, a couple of our crew and we've been cc'd in um, on uh, quite a few emails actually from from yesterday and previously of Brentford fans that were have have approached the club about um, the plight of bees hoverflies and uh, pollinating insects um, third of, of, of those species in the UK are in decline um, and Brentford have a, a big bee on their badge um, and uh, local beekeepers um, and honey producers um, have approached them to kind of kind of team up um, and a lot of those people haven't had replies so it, it kind of a few of us kind of went yeah well done it's a, it's a really it's a really obviously a really good um, uh, scheme and it's a really good program um, it, it affects all of us you know we all love watching wildlife programs um, the kids learn about it at school it's it, it means I wouldn't say it means more to them but it means a huge amount to them um, and for their club to be for to be partaking in this is is kind of important but the bigger picture is it it does raise a question as how seriously does Brentford Football Club um uh you know care about uh wildlife and the environment I mean again and and I think maybe I think the thing that we're sort of saying is like it's just a question mark as to listen and I've said this a million times over listen you know it's very for companies to jump on the PR exercises when everybody else jumps upon it you know first of all for me you should be a should be a leader not not a follower so she'll be out there before everybody else and she'll be doing things before everybody else and at the end of the day this wildlife thing is obviously an issue because Brentford are on it now so all we're just saying is that kind of like let's let's see a little bit let's see a bit of action now you know let's see proper action because removing the B from your logo is great but it doesn't actually do anything for the wildlife. So it'll be interesting to see what actions are actually going to be put into place. And the person or the people that have written, because there's a few people actually have come up to us who have written to the club. I think they're going to try and contact the club again to see whether or not they will get any reply this time as to uh, as to if there's going to be any movement forward. But anyway, enough talking about that. We're going to talk about the bees going missing at Carrow Road. Well, they didn't quite go missing at Carrow Road, but they weren't as present at Carrow Road as we would have liked them to be. We're going to talk about the Brentford game at Norwich just after this little twang. So Brentford went to Norwich. We needed to get a result. Well, we didn't quite need to get a result. We would have loved to have got a result. And it was important to get a result to keep the Wolves at bay. 
Um, considering where we are, we're in second place. And, you know, that's a far better position than we were this time last season when we were in fifth place, if I remember what it's like. But it was very good if we had got a result because it would have really kind of like given us a little bit of a cushion. And I was on the Pinken podcast, which is the Norwich City podcast before the match. And they were, you know, saying to me, look, you know, the pressure's on Brentford more than Norwich to get a result, isn't it, Billy? And I went, mm, well, sort of. But, you know, yes, to a certain extent. But to be honest with you, if we don't get a result now, because we're still sort of 12 games before the end of the season, we've still got time to put things right. And it's not as bad as not getting a result two games before the end of the season. So in that respect, you know, I'm, I'm putting my glass half full um, head on at the moment now and say, listen, we've still got a long way to go. However, we did go to Norwich and we didn't quite get the result that we wanted. Now, I want to go in quickly because I'm trying to do all the big ups now before we go into the lows of the game. I want to say, first of all, I want to thank you for supporting us. People are supporting us by either subscribing to us on all the podcast channels and writing a review on the podcast channels because it really does push us up. So thank you very much for that. So uh, big up. And also, like I said to you, Kofi, which is besotted.com forward slash beer. And people have been supporting us on that so that we can get equipment and do all sorts of stuff and subscriptions and, you know, just go into the future and just, you know, just keep besotted rolling. And like you said to you, there's a few people who have cheered us up, um, made me laugh, especially as we didn't quite get a result last night. And I'm looking at you, Ascot B. Always looking forward to the pods, gents and ladies as well. I'll just add in there for you. Of course, you forgot to put that in, but that's no problem. Keep up the good work. My wife gave me a weird look when she heard the spreadsheet winker jingle. Makes me laugh every time. So there's a, probably, a lot of people probably don't know what that song is, actually. If you just check it out, it's... um. A guy called Ivor Biggin. It is back from the 70s. And it was, you know, quite a few people were probably at school at the time. And it's Ivor, I-V-O-R, second word B-I-G-G-U-N, which is actually Doc Cox from, I think it was The Good Life. Not The Good Life. It was from, uh, from the S. That's life, yes, the ransom thing as well. Doc Cox, and he used to <laughs> make records as well on the side. And like I said to you, Doc Cox is either biggin, and he went out and he did a song which was called the Winkers song in the end because they needed to get it onto national radio, and it was actually a number one in the 70s so there you go of course we've had to uh, flip it a little bit to give it a, a pg version but um but there you go but anyway escort b thank you very much for your support as well and also madraka b you're in there again much respect to you as well and also louise oh that's a very nice message from you louise as well you know the podcast you said is the highlight of the week along with the game of course except when we lose it makes working from home such a joy thank you for all the work so louise much respect to you as well thank you very much buying us a beer and just sort us out and sort of keep rolling but anyway that's enough joy and sort of big ups and pats and backs <laughs> and all sorts of stuff we've actually now got to talk about the game and we've tried to avoid this moment for quite a while but we have to talk about this norwich game because laney it wasn't as good as we were hoping was it and what I'm going to say first of all I've seen some people going out there and there's been a few like tweets over there's one guy Brian Brian the Bee who's one of our, pos- our old school posse from back in the day his, his brother actually tweeted you know um, Norwich will possibly be the worst team to have won the league or something like that in a long time he said that he's getting absolutely pelters from the Norwich fans and I just sort of looked at that and I thought mm, I'm not quite sure if that's a fair comment because you know Norwich played us in that game and I thought that they did what they had to do in that match and if that was Brentford and we had controlled the game in the same way that they had done and restricted them in the same way that they had done I think we would have been very happy with ourselves Laney 
Yeah, we, we didn't do ourselves any justice at all last night, really. We, we played okay in parts. Um, very, very, very brief glimpses of the, the, the kind of football that we've, we've grown to love and expect. Uh, uh, I kind of I don't, I don't agree with what, what you said about you know being the worst pro, you know champions elect for a long long time because we can't we can't sort of extrapolate on one game that we see and we don't see them every every game so some games are on telly and they you know the Wickham match was on on Sunday and they looked they looked okay and you know they they, they could have conceded they rode their luck a bit in that match um, they didn't really ride a lot of luck last night obviously Sergi Canos's glaring miss was was kind of like the as good as it got really for us we had, we had a couple of other shots and half chances uh, you know I think the, the the just the biggest difference really I mean there wasn't a huge difference between the two teams yeah they, they, they were at home they, they had a bit more swagger about them they looked a little bit more fluid but they had you know Emi Buendia he, he, he was the difference between the two teams uh, ultimately on the night with that you know that great great goal um, you know we can we can talk about he should have been cut out he, you know should have been challenged we, we would have moaned if he was fouled on the edge of the area as well so you know you, you can kind of understand why they, they stood back off of him a little bit um, and to go back you know Canos had given the ball away kind of you know he didn't just give it away cheaply he was he was trying to pass so you know you, you can't you can't knock him too much for that for not completing that pass so after after that they had a, they had a couple of chances more than us. Um, it could have been two or three nil on another night, but we, I thought we had a stone stonewall penalty uh, later on in the game. So if luck goes our way, we come away with a draw. Um, if Buendia wasn't on the pitch, then we might have won, or it's a nil nil. The margins were quite tight still. You know you do expect them to be better than us. Um, you know on their own patch on the run they're having but uh, yeah things really didn't click for Brentford and there seemed to be just a lack of fluidity we couldn't keep hold of the ball for, for any real length of time we hit it long too often um, players that we expected to have an impact the wide wide players players that got the ball down um, and, and could beat a man they only did it once or twice Canos had a, had a really frustrating evening um, Buemo he only beat his player once that, that's the one that really set up the, the chance for Canos so yeah all over the pitch you know mostly in the forward areas I don't, I don't think in defence we did anything particularly bad um, you know and we, and we, and we sort of like uh, limited them to one goal so overall yeah it was it wasn't our night and we we could have should have played a lot better and we were all hoping that that would have been another statement victory for Brentford I mean, obviously, we're keeping our fingers crossed, but it didn't quite happen. I mean, Ascot B is going to be very disappointed because we've decided to give the spreadsheet winker a little bit of a rest today because it's a very early podcast we're recording today. And, and he's a student. And, as you know, students don't get out of bed before midday, like, you know, say so for him to get into his lab and sort of knock up the numbers, it's, it's not really kind of happening. But, you know, we don't really need the spreadsheet winker for now because the, the reality is that you've got two, two other winkers right here. <laughs> That's right, we have indeed. And, uh, I mean, Norwich, 
you know, they didn't create a plethora of chances. I mean, they created sort of three sort of okay chances in the area. We created one, which is uh, the Canos chance, which he talked about as well. But other than that, we didn't really create that much. They created sort of three okay chances, one of them which they scored the goal from uh, as well. And, 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 you know, if you're talking about it from an XG level, we were kind of level, I think. And again, I haven't got the exact figures in front of me, but I think we were just slightly less than one. And they were slightly more than one. You know, they were probably about 1.1, 1.2, and we were probably 0.9 or something like that. So... You know, it could have been it could have been a one all. It could have been a nil all. It could have kind of gone either way. So, it was one of those scenarios where you know, look, you know, we we it, 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 we didn't create as much as we would have liked. Yes, you were talking about Buendia though. Buendia goal. I mean, I know you sort of said you know, Canos, it isn't your fault because he was trying. The thing about it with Canos is that, you know, there's a couple of things that people were saying, and I thought this as well at the time, and as I said, when I sat down talking to my daughter and we were just talking about that match, and we were going, Canos, he's, he's trying too hard. You know, I don't know, and they were talking about the fact that he'd played for Norwich before on the TV. Whether or not you're listening to the commentary or not, a lot of people were very unhappy with the commentary for this match, actually. So, mm. but let's just ignore that for now. I think that Canos was trying too hard. And also, there is sometimes with Canos that his decision-making, you have to question his decision-making. It's easy for us because we're sitting on the sofas and we can see the whole pitch and we think, and you can see, there's the pass, Canos, you know, play it to the left of you because such and such is free. And all of a sudden he plays it, the most difficult pass ever, trying to thread it through somebody's legs to somebody else. And it's like, no, why did you do that? When he got that ball, immediately when he did it, he, as soon as it left his foot, I went, why are you doing that? Because the ball was going cross-pitch it was going to sort of kind of try and go across about two or three different Norwich players. Any one of them could have intercepted the ball if they were being a little bit lively, and one of them did. And so I thought it was really, I just thought it was really, really frustrating, and it did cost us. And maybe any other day it might not have, but it did in that game. But Canos, again, is one of those situations where people use it as an excuse to absolutely lambast the player in a team who are second in the league, who are, are not doing too bad. But it, it I'm just sort of feeling that he's kind of, you know, you, you quite don't know what you're going to get with Canos when he plays. I mean, I know you might have said the same thing with Mbumo last season or Ben Rama last season, but there was a little bit more of a kind of like you kind of knew what you're going to get. And when Canos comes in, you really don't. If he's great, it's great. But if it's not, you feel that you may be half a player down, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's, let's call it as it is. He had a shocker last night. He, he really did. In, in you say about the you know the, the commentary, Don Goodman, he had a shocker as well. I thought, um, but you know, I, I, again, it's just I think you might we we all, we're all micro watching these games at the moment. You know, we don't we don't normally watch the games like this, and it's not a, it's not a video game. And you're right, we all do the same thing. We always we all, we all see the pass from our perfect camera gantry position, and you can see the game. Uh, from a kind of uh, almost above, but you don't see that uh, at pitch level um, with with defenders in your way, mark you know, disguising what is space, but you don't see it because you're you're, you're where you where you are on the ground. So, you know, we have got an eagle-eyed view of the games, and but the thing I found most frustrating, um, you know, obviously Canos was frustrating. He w- he would have been massively frustrated last night to be sub there. Um, was how many times we just kicked the ball out. You know, uh, or passes that just went to to nowhere and no one. Are you talking about Pinnock passing it to his, his mate in the stand every, every every now and again? He just thought, "Here you go, Freddie," and then he just kicked it to him, didn't he? Yeah, exactly that. It wasn't it wasn't just him. You know, J- Jensen 
did that three or four times. Um, uh, Mads Beck did it a couple of times. Brian Waymo did it a couple of times. Um, there was there was uh, there was uh, a couple later on in the game where you know I thought a shot should have been put in and the ball ended up out on the left wing somewhere for a throw in and you know it it got to the stage where you know it was almost like what why can't they just why can't they just reach the feet of of the of their of their teammate and a lot of, a lot of stuff was just kind of either under hit or over hit the, the, that the 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 perfect perfect passing and the the interchange just wasn't there it was it was really fragmented the way we played last night um and it was there was just no fluidity there at all it was clunky and awkward and um it it, it go especially going forward I, I thought we were okay at the back um i thought raya was solid i thought reed was was pretty pretty solid i, I think um you know uh, mads beck <sighs> It was one of those nights where they pressured him a bit, and you know, there was, well, I had kittens a couple of times when he was in possession, but he didn't really do anything wrong, to be honest with you. Um, Dow's guard had a had a very average game coming forward. He didn't he didn't manage to really sort of beat his man. He had a chart, he had a header, didn't he? That he probably would have done better with um, another day. So all in all, it was like a, a, a game where every Brentford player really in you know the advanced positions had like a four or five out of ten if that um and you needed you needed you needed those forwards to be on the money Norwich really defended well mate they just they 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 were on us every time you know it, it just it wasn't just us not playing to our potential it was them not letting us get a foothold in that game for for most of it and we just didn't keep possession we are a very possession based team you know we we build wave after wave after wave um or 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 really you know lightning fast counter-attacks none of that really happened for any length of time um so you know there was no period in that match really um after they went ahead that i thought we were really gonna turn this around it's interesting i mean you talked about the defense i mean i might sort of kind of slightly disagree with you um, on that, and again, it's not picking players out. We're sitting here and we're discussing the match. And if you've got to discuss the match, you, you know, you talk about certain players. And I thought Mads Beck at times. I mean, I know you said had kittens a few times. I thought that he basically wanted to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. At certain times, he, he felt a little bit uncomfortable on the ball, and sometimes he would just basically kick the ball. And in the end, he ended up kicking the ball out or kicking it the ball to places that he shouldn't have done. Um, which again shows you probably the slight difference that we have. You know, it's very difficult. You know, you know, comparing him to Rico Henry because he isn't Rico Henry, but it's kind of like showing you uh, the different options that we didn't have in this game. Now, what I thought was very interesting because obviously Roslev played a, a match a few weeks ago and he had a little bit of a non-game, a little bit of a terrible game to be quite honest with you, and we thought mm, not sure about that. But when Roslev came on, I thought that we sh- we saw a big difference in Brentford in the fact that we actually had a different option. Roslev actually got up the pitch quite a lot. He actually got behind the last uh, the last wing-back defender, got the ball down the line, crossed the ball in a few times. OK, didn't quite get it in into the danger area, or they managed to clear it away. But I thought at that time when he came on, he actually kind of like created a few problems for Norwich that they didn't have before. And it made me think, hmm, OK, maybe we do, you know, Madsbeck is a safe option and... It's great having him in the team for particular type of matches, but maybe when we're playing particularly other teams, we actually kind of need, you know, your Roslev or your Fossu type players in that that position to actually kind of create problems. Because if we're not playing, if we don't have 
that option you know we haven't got you know De Silva in the middle running through we haven't you know we haven't we're sort of limiting our options and when we come to attack and we start becoming quite predictable and in this game you know listen my Norwich mates I've had plenty of Norwich mates come back to me I mean I sort of congratulated them and said look fair play to you lot you know best team one and they said to me you know actually you know one of them said um, you're the best team that we played all season home and away um, we did expect you to give us a little bit more today, but we kind of held you back. But, you know, we think, still think you're going to finish second. So every single one of them, and they weren't doing the kind of plucky plucky winners type thing. They were actually honestly saying, listen, we think that you're all right. We think that you're a good team. One of them said that the chances didn't fall to us. If they'd fallen to us and they'd gone in, it would have been a different game altogether. So it's interesting how different people see things different ways. But, you know, I think there's a little bit of a kind of hope there. <laughs> in the fact that we might have a, a, a different option coming the next few weeks because I was actually very worried that we're going to be stuck in this rut of kind of uh, having a, quite a sort of pass, almost like a passive, passive is probably not quite the word, back four, which is not as dynamic as our back four has been normally and teams will suss that out and we might actually end up in a few more problems. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's, good to, it's good to hear what the Norwich fans think and, you know, I hope, I hope they're right. And we, 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 can't, we can't dwell too much on... And obviously we, we are going to dwell on it because it's, the podcast is all about that. But, you know, f- after this, we can't dwell for too much time on it because we, we're not going to be playing Norwich again this season. The big game that we've obviously got in the diary is the Watford match. Um, that's, that's kind of like uh, right at the business end of the season. That's, that's a game where, you know, where we... we we win that, and you know we, we probably are in a in a chance of uh, automatic still. I, I would hope. Um, so, and, and I, I do hear what you say about um, Madsbeck, and I, I, I know that exactly that pass that you saw, he just kicked it um, and got rid of it. And but I'd, I'd rather he did that than that dilly and dally and get caught in possession. If he was unsure and he couldn't see a pass, just get rid of it. And that's what we've been shouting for. It's just no nonsense defending. If I either take a player out if you've got to do it to stop an attack, you know, the shithousery that we talked about. Um, or just literally punt it long. Get do do it into Rosette, do it into their corners. Um, just just get clear the danger. Um, and that's it's better he does that than go off on, a, on an attempted mazy run and get caught out of position. So, yeah, fair play to him for doing that. Um, we have got options, but I honestly think, he, even though that Rico's probably going to be out for maybe all of the season, who knows, um, that that back four uh, and, you know, with Rosliff being on the fringes of that, that's good enough for most weeks, Bill. Um, so, you know, we as I said, we're not going to be playing uh, Norwich again. Um, we've played most of the teams around us twice. We've got Bournemouth away. That's another toughie. Um, but I think for most of those fixtures, if we're creative and we're taking chances and creating more chances, the defence will take care of itself against the opposition that we've got in the lion's share of our remaining fixtures. So I'm not really quite so worried about that. But you know, it's not ideal. You know, it, 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 there is a there is a left back cover issue. We've talked about it. We can't we can't solve that now. We can't go back into the transfer market unless there's a free agent lurking around. But you know, again to echo, I think we'll be strong enough in most of those fixtures. I mean, like you know, Rotherham at home Saturday. We talk about that in a bit, but they are going to pose different threats than Norwich did last night. And I think you know that back four, I'm sure, can stand up to that if we're if we're not making mistakes. 
just coming back to stats, like I said to you, the week is still in bed at the moment now, but we're just going to flag it up that there's a, you know, and the XG battle, and we've mentioned this quite a few weeks in a row, and like I said to you, XG battle basically means it's the quality of chances you're creating. Um, again, we lost it yet again today, and... <laughs> This, uh, this is, I think, this is the moment where, listen, we're not sitting down there and we're jumping up and down and going, it's all about stats, but this is the moment where what you do is that you, you kind of look a little bit deeper about and then what's going on the pitch. For a number of weeks, we've got, like I said to you, we've got results where we have done the, as the people who don't, not so much into the stats will say, it's all about the result. It's all about putting the ball in the back of the net. It's all about scoring goals. Yes, it is. So we've had a number of games where we scored the goals, put them in the back of the net. But the chance creation, the, the, the you know quality chance creation hasn't been there. So we haven't created loads of great chances. But what we've done is, yes, we've put them in the back of the net. The question that you have to ask is whether or not we could do that week in and week out. If we continue to do that week in, week out, if you're not creating the chances. So what's happened is in the background, what you've got is that you've got these factors, these these numbers, which are saying to you, well, I'll tell you something, you're not really creating the chances that you were, say, for example, last season. But you're still actually better in the league because for various reasons. But, you know, you can carry on doing that till the end of the season, maybe. And you'll be really great if you do. But it could always go horribly wrong. And at the moment now, what we're seeing is that we, again, this game, we didn't create very much. We've lost the game. We've had a few other games before that where we haven't created very much and we've lost the game. Before that, we didn't create very much and we won a few games. And the question is that, are we going to continue (laughs) going into games where we're not creating very much between now and the end of the season and keeping it very tight and hopefully nicking the game, which is what we've been doing, which is great, except for, you know, your Wickhams and stuff like that. Um, or, or are we, or are we just going through a little spell where you know? I mean, obviously, the, the reason that you know that Josh De Silva isn't in, it's you know, Rico Henry's not. There's there's number of factors between that, but it does worry me as you're talk, talking between now and the end of the season. You know, we've still got 12 games to go, and for me, I would just like to, even if we're still losing the games, I would like to see us sort of creating a little bit more, creating a little bit more of the good quality chances. Because once that happens, you know, listen, somebody's going to put it in the back of the net. But if you're not doing it, you know the chances are that you're actually looking for your players to you know to score a goal like Yanelt scored the other day, which is a fantastic goal from the edge of the area. Which you know four in a hundred of those would have gone in the back of the net. You know, and I don't know. I'm 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 kind of looking for a little bit more of the old Brentford to come back um, and 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 start shining on the next few days. Do you on the next few weeks? Are you thinking the same as I am, Laney? Similar, yeah. I, I, I think you're you're right. If you you know those those stats, you know they're not they're not sort of like the be all and end all, but they're a, they're a good indicator and they're a good barometer. Um, we you know, and you look at those. If we'd have got a point or if we got a victory last night, you would say that we really kind of almost didn't deserve it based on the numbers. So we probably got what you know we we probably got what we deserved to be honest, and that's sort of nothing. So, you know, that if you look at the numbers, obviously with your heart and your head, you want us to, obviously, you know, you want an injustice, like a last minute dived penalty, which we'll talk about later. Um, but I still think there's quite a lot of options in the middle and there should be ways of getting some energy levels. I think the energy levels weren't there. We looked tired, you know, um, and I know people go, well, it's the same for everyone. Why, why were they, you know, 
energy levels don't really work like that. You know, you 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 know how you feel. Like in the same day, you can have two or three different spikes. Yeah. And even on a run, if you, any runners here, you can start off and you just think like, I'm not digging this. You know, that's that's just, that's the early part of a game, um, and then all of a sudden you get a, a rush of endorphins or you something something happens and you're, you're bombing along. You know, so energy levels don't work like a switch on and off. And we looked flat as a as a team last night. Um, that, and in the same way, in on, on Saturday when we when we played Stoke, first half we were flat, second half full of energy. It, it can change within a game. I, I think there are options in the middle and uh, midfield and the wide areas. I mean, obviously Tony is is going to be number one, assuming he's fit to the end. But you know, we've got Jensen, Yanel, Norgard, Marcondes, Godos, Mbuemo, and Fosu in the mix there. Of those midfield and wide place um, uh, selection places, if they can get the combination right there and the rotation right within that group of players, I think there's there's a lot to look forward to. You know, Godos he, he's he stepped his game up, but he's still not he's still not sort of like right up there, not top top as as Thomas would say. Um, he's He's, he's not a liability, and he, he again, he, he, he's giving you all that impression that he really does care. You know, he squared up again last night. He's he's not to be messed with. He's you know, he's a he's a fighter. Yeah, um, and J- Jensen, fifty-fifty game, couple of world passes that were great, couple of kicking the ball out, couldn't even couldn't even pass to a player three foot in front of him. You know, that's not that's not good enough. And we said that consistently all the way through the season that Jensen can either be great, he's great when there's no pressure on him and, you know, everything's going right for the team and he can strut around and he can, you know, ping those passes around. You you expect him to put a tackle in or you expect him to roll his sleeves up. You know, he was the last man, he was the last defender last night. Um and, you know, Pookie Fluffed, fluffed his lines, you know. He had, a, he, had a, he had that chance, but you know, Jensen was just like a pedestrian next to him. You know, it was he was just, you know. I'm glad he didn't take him out, and I'm glad he missed it. But you know, there was a mismatch there. So, you know, we have to get that dynamic right in the middle of the pitch and in those wide areas. And I think I think that there's there's the players there, there's the talent there, and there's the energy there. You've got Norgard, um, you've got um, um, and Marcondes that should have more energy than the rest of them because they played less football. Um, and Fosu, he, he, you know, assuming he's not going to get injured, he again he's he's been used a bit less than everyone else, so he should be fitter as well. So I, I, I'm not looking at um, I'm not looking at a problem after problem after problem. And you know, uh, we have to go to that Rotherham game now and put in a, a big performance. And there's no reason we can't. We haven't got to be cagey. Um, we haven't got to kind of uh, second guess what they're going to do. We know what Rotherham are all, all about. They, they they win and they lose narrowly. But we have to make sure that we're on that front foot and we don't let them get a foothold in the game. So I think if, as I said, you know, I, I'm not going to repeat myself for the twentieth time. But we don't play Norwich again. That's out of the way. That was our free hit that we did talk about. We said the game was a free hit, but we did hope other results wouldn't all hurt us as well and they did last night and you talk about the midfield there as well did you mention Zambarek as well because don't forget he's got to come I, as well I, did, I didn't I didn't mention Zambarek um, I, I, I don't know enough about Zambarek um, and uh, 
to, to kind of put him in. I, I don't see him as um, you know. I see him as a as a very much of a fringe player. But yes, you're right. There there, there are other B team plus players um, that can come in there as well. But I I, I I see them as not as a last resort. That's that's a wrong thing to say. But I, I see the players that I mentioned being the obvious ones, the ones that we're going to look to first and foremost. They're the ones with a bit more experience and a bit more proven championship pedigree um, if we have to I, 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 Zambarek I, he comes in and we know that he can come into the job so you know there's no there's no kind of like I'm not f- frightened I'm not frightened to, to, to if he goes in the, in the you know in the 11 I'm not going oh my god what, what on earth have we got here um, but I, I, I think though the players that I've mentioned there they're the ones that Thomas will be looking to first and foremost and Ivan Tony, I mean, listen, listen. The guy scored; he's just scoring goals for fun, you know. Uh, top goal scorer, you know, will possibly be the top goal scorer in the league this season. We're looking at him getting over thirty goals. I mean, he was pretty much feeding off scraps in this game. I mean, I have to mention as well quickly. We're talking about Ivan Tony. There's been a, a talk that Ricketts, who's the chairman of the Jamaica Football Federation, has put in an application for citizenship for a number of players, including. Ivan Tony and the word on the street is that Ivan Tony may be looking to uh, to to play for Jamaica, the Reggae Boys, which is uh, I mean I know everyone sees me I've got to see England play, but I've also um, having lived in Jamaica for a few years as well, and my parents being Jamaican and going out, I have a bit of a Reggae Boy myself, and I've seen them play in the World Cup in '98 and seen them play in Jamaica in the Caribbean Cup as well. So I've seen the Reggae Boys play loads of times. I was there in the Women's World Cup as well, seeing them play. So it's actually quite exciting for me actually seeing Tony. I mean. I'd love him to play for England, but if he doesn't play for England, play with Jamaicans. And in a way, the way that England goes, um, he's probably got more chance to actually appear in a few World Cups, um, actually play on the pitch uh, with Jamaica. Because Jamaica, if you, you if you don't know and just knowing it, I'll be doing a little bit, like I said, the MLS and CONCACAF. And Jamaica are one of the teams who are topped to, to get through to the World Cup finals this time. And, you know, they need a couple of players to strengthen them. If Tony comes in, he could be the person. They got to the Gold Cup semis, I think, last time. Uh, I saw them play in the Gold Cup uh, final against Mexico about five years ago in Philadelphia. And they played Mexico. I drove from Miami up to Philadelphia, as you do, when I landed in Miami to go and see them play. It was about 16,000 miles, 1,600 miles to go and see Jamaica play Mexico in Philadelphia. And then I drove back to Florida after that, as you do, and the family. And fair play to them for actually letting me do that. Um, I think they were potty for it as well. But listen, Ivan Tony. Could be playing, like I said to you, for Jamaica, which means that he will be an international, another Visa international playing in a World Cup, which I think is exciting. But just coming back to that, Ivan Tony, feeding off scraps, but also he's not looking. I'm, I'm, we're just got a question mark as to whether or not he's playing with a slight injury still, because his his mobility, you know, at times doesn't seem to be hundred percent, does it, Laney? No, they, they talked about that last night. He, you're right. He, he he did look not subdued is probably not the right word either, but he, he did look like he was carrying that injury still. And the commentator, um, what what not what knowledge or what medical facts he he had at his disposal, I don't know. But he mentioned the term pain management um, was was going on. So whether that's injections, whether that's you know cortisone, whether that's you know strap in whether that's a mixture of all th- all, all of the above probably um, he, he obviously looks very mobile still uh, and, you know but in that game you kind of look into you're looking to him to 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 get get on the end of something and 
that something wasn't supplied to him. He, he, he was he wasn't getting the service he needed. He was dropping, you know, deep or wide. Um, Marcus Force is the direct kind of swap out for him if he's if he's not fit. But we we weren't creating those chances either. Those in behind chances. Uh, I don't. I think it was the kind of night. No matter what 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 forward, you know, number nine we had on the pitch, neither of them were going to get any kind of real service and it wasn't like we had the wrong man on the, on the end of a wrong chance we just weren't creating the chances so uh, you know I, I don't want to see them burn Ivan Tony out just by playing him every game but I'm, I'm not sure what other option we have to be fair I mean he is so prolific um, you know and I, I didn't want us to, to kind of write off the, 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 the game by subbing him and just like protecting him uh, and putting force there. Maybe I did. I don't know. I mean, hindsight's a great thing, but you know, I, I do think if we set ourselves up uh, in the right way for for Rotherham on Saturday, um, we could rest him first half. Um, but we have to give force what he needs. Uh, I, I, I've got no hesitancy in putting force right at the top because we know what he's capable of. But when we've seen him recently. He's, he's just again he's not he's not even had scraps he's, he's just kind of it, it, the, the game the tactics have been very wrong for for getting the best out of him I'm going to make a couple of statements here and, and just see if you agree with me or not okay so this season for me has an air of it of the 2014-15 season is that the right season 2014-15 season which is the season that we got to the playoff semi-finals with Mark Warburton and, and the reason why I say that, it's kind of like, you know, we did really well. We were kind of hitting the heights and uh, we were scoring goals with Andre Gray, which we thought, oh, God, this is unbelievable. We're scoring so many goals, you know, and we were doing very well. We were very excited. Um, we didn't strengthen in that window because we felt that we just needed to keep it tight um, for various reasons. Um, but then as it came towards the back end of the season, we pretty much kind of crawled over the line. Now, I know there's a difference here because at the moment we we're in second position and then we were in fifth position. And then there's an argument saying that last that season we were actually, from an XG level, we we're actually punching above our weights. We should have possibly been lower in the league than we actually were. But you know, forgetting about that, there just has an air for me about that same type of season where, because at the moment now I'm sort of thinking... First of all, as a fan, because I'll be honest with you, as a fan, I hate this season. Sitting there on your couch watching games, you know, when they're big matches, when you sort of think we should be there, I just think it's really horrible. And, and in a way, I'm thinking, I just want this season to be over and the next season to be starting. Whatever division we're in, I don't care. If, any, if anything, actually, if we're in the championship, great, because we'll be in the championship with crowds and I'll film so much better, you know. But in a way, I'm sort of thinking, oh, God, I want this season to end. But also for the team, I'm sort of thinking, God, we're in second position. We're all sort of thinking we want it to end because we're sort of thinking we're kind of going backwards. From where we were two months ago, we're kind of going backwards, which to me is saying that we're running out of steam's not the right thing, but we are kind of crawling towards where we're meant to be going to. And if anything, we're also hoping that the teams behind us are going to be crawling slowly, slower than us, or actually crawling at the same pace as us. Because if not, they're going to take us out. Is that your thoughts, Laney? I think this team at its best versus Warbs' team at its best, this team will win. Uh, there are there are you know direct correlations between between the two. You know, in pretty much all of the seasons we've had at this level, we've had 
periods in the season where we've been absolutely brilliant world beaters and then other other periods in the, in the season that we've looked you know pretty just bog average so that's that's you know that's, that's football um uh, I, th- I think that we are spluttering but we're not kind of about to conk out that's the way I'd look at it if, we, if we're looking at it in, a, in, a, in motoring terms. And it's the same pretty much around us as well. You know, Swansea, um, you know, your mates from Swansea, they, they, no. uh, they, they've, they've, had a, they've had a couple recently. Um, Watford, they had a splutter down at Dean Court last week. Um, Norwich, forget them, they're, they're away unless they implode. Let, let them get on with it. Um, it's it's going to be like that. You know, it, it really is, and you know, we, we we win two, lose one, win two, lose one, all the way through to the end of the season, we're up. Uh, that's that's kind of a more realistic. It's, it's, it's now really the draws are going to start to hurt us a little bit more. Um, I think we have to either win. I think we I think we have to just get our mindset now. The games against teams in the bottom ten, who who we've got lots of them coming up, we literally have to just chuck the kitchen sink at them. And if we if we go down trying to score. If we go down trying to win, then I'm happy with that. Um, I, I don't think this boxing clever now and uh, being cagey and just, you know, nicking goals by, you know, games by a goal. That's not our style anyway. You know, we, we are an attacking team. Forget last night. For, for, you know, Nor- the Norwich game on TV last night isn't uh, any way really to judge us overall. Um, so let that one just go. Um, everyone take a chill pill. Um, let's see. Let's see what we do on Saturday. A win. A win on Saturday. It just again adrenaline in the arm. It, it gets us going. If we can win the next couple, then again a little bit of little bit of a breathing space. If we win three on the trot. I, I, as I said, I think the draws are the thing that's gonna gonna probably hurt us. Obviously, the defeats do too. But you know, if we if we're not gonna if we're not gonna lose, we have to win. I'd say to a certain extent, I think yes, you're right. However. I'm just, again, I'm going to throw something else here into the pot because, you know, in effect, what you're saying is that, you know, win a couple of games and lose a couple. So it's, it's down to the results, which which I totally and utterly understand. And again, it's just coming back to the put the ball in the back of the net and, and there you go. You're going to you know, you're going to win. And, 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 and that's and which is true. And that's what happened last season. You know, you had West Brom who put, you know, who scored more points than anybody else, put the balls in the back of the net. They got promoted. Look at them now this season. You know what I'm saying? And for me... If you think about this a lot, and it's interesting because I've seen a few other people sort of kind of make a few comments like this. I don't believe, as a team, we are as good a team as we were last season, despite having more points. Maybe controversial, you know what I'm saying? I think that, you know, the way that we've managed the games and everything like that uh, has, has been better. But I don't think, as a team, we're as good a team as we are last season. Um, and if we will go to the Premier League with this team. Forget about sort of buying players for lots of money and sort of bolstering it. If this team went to the Premier League, I would be concerned, I think. Um, however, if the team that got promoted last, or that didn't get promoted last season went to the Premier League, I'll be less concerned about them. I, I've, I've more confidence that they'd be able to handle themselves in the Premier League as that team than the team that we've got currently. Even though the team we have currently has got more points than the team that had last that was, that was there last season. Does that make sense? What are your thoughts? Slightly controversial, Laney? No, not controversial. It's, I, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, it's, you know, but Ben Rama, Watkins, Mbwemo on, you know, in, in, in a different level. Josh, Josh Silva on a different level. Uh, you know, Pontus in the team. 
there's uh, you know Norgard playing more regularly. We had a lot more going for us last year than we got going for us this year, and so it's it's really actually a credit to, to the players that we've got that they've actually surpassed the, the team of last year without the flair. Um, and that's that's you know we've taken at least sixty million pounds worth of talent out of out of a championship team, and we're still overperforming or performing to to to, to those standards and beyond. It's it is it's actually an incredible achievement. I, I think sometimes it's you know it is easy to lose sight of of where we're at, especially with no no breathing space in between the seasons having had disappointment in the playoff final to contend with um, awful injuries uh, throughout this season we've missed the captain the talisman Norgard um, you know there's been a lot going against us um, some of it I think you know the, the January transfer window could be the one thing that comes back and bites us in the arse it really really could you know we've, we've, we, we did flag it um, you know we, we, we talked about that Rico, you know, we've we've been sort of uh, told week in week out about how rotation is going to be important. Um, but the one player that we relied on so heavily, Rico, was expected to play every second of every game. You know, it, there was no rotation policy strategy there for him. It seemed um, he has had injury problems in the past. He had a long uh, period without uh, any any injuries at all. Uh, he's a human, you know. He isn't a machine, um, so that's going to catch up with him at some stage. Uh, so, you know, that is that's an area where we could look back and say, right, you know, we had the sixty million pound windfall, um, and we didn't spend it at the right times. And you know, maybe maybe we've been a bit too clever, um, and maybe that will ultimately cost us. We'll see, you know, um, but. <laughs> It's 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 at the moment you can you can look too too you can look you can become too negative looking for either a either a guessing what the season's ultimately going to deliver at the end we won't know until we get there and writing us off every time we lose then neither of which are actually good for your headspace to be honest you know you have to look at the the the, the, the pouncing and pence we are second in the division on our own right not because we played more games because we deserve to be there then then you've got Watford who came down from the top flight last year with all their talent um, and then you've got Swansea who are still getting parachute payments and are cheating their way uh, to to the playoffs. Um, oh, oh, please you know, don't. No, no, Lady, don't. Mate, no, no. Mate, come on. Let's talk about it. No, 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 I try and keep things professional and I try and do the devil's advocate the whole time and I give respect and manners but, to all the teams in but, the league, you know. But, <laughs> However, but, but listen, look, look, I think it's ironic, right, when I wake up in the morning and I get a message from one of my chums from Bristol City, right? Bristol City runs a big Bristol City blog as well who says, there they go again. And he s- sends me the penalty 
and they're basically, you know, they, they weren't even playing Bristol City, and that's, but it's flagged on everybody's like, you know, on and everybody's mind. It's interesting, like you said to you, you know, on the on the on the Swansea website the other day, where they talked about, you know, uh, how are you should have, you know, advertising hoardings on the back of his boots, you know, and, and because he's always on his ass the whole time, you know, what I'm saying it was a penalty, which was not a penalty in the final minute of that game, which could be a very very crucial penalty, non-penalty. And, uh, and Swansea got it, and it is really frustrating. And the thing about it is that we can be frustrated about Swansea because they do cheat, and they cheat massively, and but to be fair, they get away with it. I think more frustrating is the referees because the referees have been tucked right up, and the referee was tucked right up here for an obvious... Everyone said it was so obviously not one, but he gave them... The, so much to the stage that you sort of think, and I'm going to say allegedly here, <laughs> you wonder if there's been some sort of Welsh pound notes being pushed Ooh. his way oh allegedly I'm going to say that you know what I'm saying I'm not saying the referee has but I'm just wondering you know Monopoly Monopoly pound notes have been pushed away of the referee because you know that, that can come back talking about coming back to bite us that could definitely come back and bite us at the end of the season in it Lane but you saw Carl Norton was literally laughing when he was walking back and his, his teammates were like patting him on the back and he was like he couldn't contain his his massive grin he knew that he'd thrown himself down and the referee for whatever reason had pointed to the spot and you know did you see Steve Cooper and the bench they were celebrating like they won the FA Cup bill yeah, well, you know what happened the last time a manager celebrated or well, was not happy about celebrating when the team won the FA Cup, don't you? But we won't talk about that now. But listen, Laney, still, it's still a long way to go. And before that match, and I'm going to say to you, not that I've done the research or anything like that, but, um, you know, from a, from a chances level as well, um, 1.62 it was to 0.97 in that Swansea match. So they'd actually only created 0.97 from an XG level before they got that penalty. Okay, so Stoke City will probably feel much aggrieved because they created some fairly decent chances, probably should have put a few more uh, away uh, into the back of the net, but they didn't put them in the back of the net, but they were home and dry as it was. And so I'm not surprised that they feel a little bit gutted. But again, you've got to ask the question, are they continuing? Are they going to continue to do that all season? Are they going to continue to kind of ride the crest of the wave, rely on dodgy penalties, rely on diving on the edge of the area, all this kind of stuff, which has got them to where they are. I mean, even um, some of the, the Swansea uh, fans, I mean, we've got Stephen, who's my chum from Swansea. I don't know if he's my chum anymore because I've been, you know, but I'm critically talking about them. So it's like people, you can't fall out of people because you're being critical. Uh, talk about talk about them. They could they could say exactly the same thing about us. But he, even he is worried about you know them burning themselves out and the manager burning themselves out and the rotation as well. And I think also a lot of the Swansea fans are a little bit kind of embarrassed about the way that they're going about uh, about their play. But they're getting away with it. And the fact is that you know they're asking the question: Will we get away with it throughout towards the end of the season? And if that is what you're relying on, I mean, it's quite a dangerous tactic to rely on basically referees giving you penalties, referees giving you free kicks on the edge of the area sort of kind of cheating your way through but then it's, it's different to us and maybe there's an argument to say and a lot of fans are saying we don't want Brentford to do that no I, I, I'll have to walk away if Brentford ever do that but you know we're just walking about our cynical nature I know there's a lot of questions going on about what happened with Sheffield Wednesday
Wednesday where, you know, we took a player out and he's been out for six weeks and uh, Thomas Frank very foolishly talked about it in the in the in, in the in the press conference afterwards, you know, about you know, we we, we got to get clever with our professional fouls and the, the, the Sheffield Wednesday press jumped upon it to say, Oh, Brentford, you know, they did some professional fouls and you know, and they're bragging about it and I don't know if he was quite bragging, but what he was saying is that everybody else does it and we kind of need to kind of if the referees aren't going to pull up players for doing it then maybe we need to kind of just get on board and do sort of similar type things because everyone else seems to be getting away with it and we're not doing it so we're not getting away with anything so I do understand it from that point of view however you know it is a dangerous game that Swansea are playing and I still am saying even though I'm slightly worried about them that if they continue to play the cheaters game from now until the end of the season, they might find themselves coming up a cropper because I, I don't know if you can cheat your way to promotion. Or can you, Laney? Yeah, well, no, you can't. Uh, the, the, you know, Stephen Fletcher missed an absolute guilt chance last night, which was up there with the Canos fluff. Um, you know, it looked easier not to, you know, it was easier to score than miss, and he, he managed to kind of hit the hit the frame of the goal and the, and the, and the and the bar and it rebounded and it was blazed over. Uh, you're, you're right about um, ca- can you cheat your way to the to promotion? Now, I think that after yesterday's last gasp, 90 minutes plus six penalty, I think re- the referee, obviously he's not taking a backhander, um, he's made a mistake. He will look at that afterwards and go, I've been duped there. And in his report, I'm sure it'll be mentioned that he he will regret having made that decision. He, if he's honest, he if whether it goes in his report or whether it goes around the referees WhatsApp group, he will say, "Watch out! I was I was I was caught out there. That wasn't a penalty. They are looking for these things, and they do even themselves out. Another referee may just be aware of what they're up to now, and they they may miss out on a on a on a, on a chance that." You know, may have gone their way if uh, you know if last night hadn't happened. So you know, but they're laughing. They're laughing all the way down to the valleys again. You know, they they would have had a, a great trip back from from the Potteries to the valleys uh, with three points, un- undeserved. But they won't be caring, um, and their fans won't be caring. So you know, it went their way last night. Um, it didn't go their way um, on Saturday, um, and hopefully, it won't go their way again this weekend. Right, and just Laney, just quickly, just got to just finish off because I have to ask a question because obviously there's there's a few additional statistical uh, uh, factors that have come in now. Uh, just only in the last past couple of weeks, the XF factor in the, in the Norwich match, the the, the, the X fluff last night, it, it, it was fairly low, wasn't it? What what was the value? Do do, do you know that? Um, oh, well, the the X the fluff of the Canos is yeah, the XF was 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 a that would have been a massive red dot, wouldn't it? Of the of a fluff factor that would have been. What was it? But uh, of an XG chance, that was probably that must have been sixty percent, surely. Yeah, not point six, probably not point six. Was it? I'm just saying, it was, oh, I, okay. haven't, I haven't checked it, but probably yeah, probably you know, probably about not point not point five five or something like that. So the XF was not point five five for Raya, which is good because his was very very low. You know, probably not point not not one or something like that, which is which is good, which is. He had a decent game, didn't he? He had a couple of couple of 
shots that he saved, the one from Puki especially. Yeah, getting get, so it's getting back to normal for Raya, which is good, you know. And just looking at the Swansea because you, I actually had to switch off the Swansea game because it was winding me up too much, so I actually didn't see <laughs> the end, you know. And I've actually had to catch up in the, in, in the morning. But on on the Swansea, the XT, which is the X cheating um, uh, factor, which is which came in in a few weeks ago. What, what, what was that? Do you think the XC was was massive? Uh, that was a huge, huge red spike of a cheating dive there. So that as a, a no, 0.9, I'd say as as a, as a as a as an X, XC. Right, and were there were there any others? I mean, did you multiply it up? Were there you know others? Were there, was it 0.7 and 0.6 and 0.3? I mean, I didn't see them at. So you might have to report back there. I'm talking about XC. I'm not not interested. In I'm just the cheating. I'm <laughs> just one of the levels of cheating. Were there you know were there? I, mean, I, I didn't. I, I to be honest, to be to be fair, I didn't actually spot any other cheating because you that didn't? but that but not not massively ones. No, I, oh, did, I didn't watch the first half. All right, yeah. So yeah, right. So you're obviously not as eagle-eyed on the on the XC as as what I, maybe I would have been. But anyway, so. But it doesn't matter because the one big chance was has actually just put their XC rating rather high. But anyway, look, we'll come back to that later. Honestly, and this is the honest truth, I really did not want to talk about Swansea today because I just thought it kind of sounds like sour grapes when you lose against Norwich and then you, you start talking about your rivals and then you start picking out holes in them. But it's just unavoidable when you start doing things like that. But anyway, look, we thought we'd listen better to go to somebody who makes us feel good because even when the bees are down... He's properly right up. We're talking about JB with his facts and funk. And he's got a bit of Norwich facts and he's got a little bit of losses funk in his suitcase. And it's, it's like he's done this. It's almost like he's done the Chancellor, isn't he? He pulls out his suitcase and he comes up with all this facts. I think funk. it was a, it's a funk box. That's right. <laughs> Let's go to JB's <laughs> funk box to hear what he's got to say with his facts and his funk. Here again. So at Norwich we suffer our seventh league defeat of the season. But it is only in seven seasons in our history that we've reached game 34 with fewer. The season is now broadly back on track, with game 34 having been played in March, as it has been for 33 of the last 40 seasons. We've had a couple of noteworthy signings from Norwich. Simon Ratcliffe was our first £100,000 signing in January 1989. And nine years later Ron Node signed Drew Broughton for £15,000. He made his debut away at Shrewsbury Town, was substituted off after 56 minutes and within days was sold to Peterborough United, also for £15,000. He had one of the shortest-lived B's careers and was never seen at Griffin Park. So there you go, JB with his facts and his funk. And tell you what, I told you, he always does it. So he's come out and he said, listen guys you and girls, you need to just chill out a little bit because... We have only lost seven games so far and there have only been seven seasons where we've actually lost less games at this time of the season. So we're actually doing quite well. So fair play to JB putting things into perspective as we start going into the rants about Brentford being the worst team that you've ever seen and all that. Mm. No, we weren't that bad, actually, <laughs> you know, which is all good. It's fair enough. And also, it's interesting, you talked about, I mean, Simon Radcliffe, you all know Radcliffe, great player, but also Drew... Barrymore, as we used to call him, remember Drew Broughton, Drew Barrymore. Do you remember that was yeah. when we were still writing for Besotted? And remember, I wrote, uh, I wrote an article because I used to do this sort of rumours column for Besotted back in the day before the internet existed. And you kind of like picked up all these 
various rumours and I'm pretty sure I wrote a story about Drew Barrymore and we thought we were going to sign him I'm sure when he was at Peterborough and I kind of went up to him or he had something I'm sure that I went up to him and I talked to him or something like that and then he said something to me and I wrote some sort of gossip in the column and then there's all these rumours about him coming to Brentford I can't remember what it was but I remember Drew Barrymore he literally was at Brentford Broughton. for about th- no, we called him Drew Barrymore at the time, though, I remember. Drew Broughton, yeah, we, yeah, he was at Brentford for about 34 and a half seconds, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, um, and uh, it's probably best that he did go, to be honest. Um, there was there was a lots of shenanigans going on back then. There's lots of lots of purchases and transfers and loan deals. It was a very different era. Uh, yeah, I think we've wasted too much time talking about him already. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But listen, thanks. But listen, thanks for your facts and your folk, JB. But listen, we're going to talk about the game. Listen, oh, I'm glad I got that off my chest, uh, particularly all the B stuff, especially the Norwich stuff. I think, like I said to you, there's like the end of the tunnel. I'm really just hoping that we can claw ourselves towards the finish. Oh, yeah, there's one other thing that I just want to ask questions as well, Laney. And again, I'm not trying to be negative here. Look, we're in second place, which is great. You say we, we, you know, we deserve to be here, but I'm going to come back to one of your famous phrases. It is a 46-game season, and we need to maintain some sort of form to ensure that we're in second place at the end of the season. Because if you're not, we're going to end up in third place. And I'm going to ask you a question. Would you like to be playing Barnsley or Cardiff in the playoffs? No. <laughs> no, um, I wouldn't like to be playing either of them. Um, Cardiff, on their form in midweek, they, they won 4-0 against Derby, didn't they? They looked, uh, they looked brutal. Uh, they, had, they had about 20% possession, I think, but they scored four goals. It was just ridiculous. But they scored a couple of worldies as well. He's, he's, uh, Nick McCarthy's got them set up perfectly, hasn't he? he it's, it's just a, it's a fine-tuned McCarthy machine he's got, he's got there. Um, and uh, Barnsley, fair play. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I really enjoy, especially enjoyed their win at Loftus Road last night. Um, it showed it was no flash in the pan what they did at, at New Griffin Park. Um, they're a they're a decent team and they're they're a good they're a good watch. Um, uh, you said it a couple of weeks ago. They do remind you, remind us of Brentford a bit, um, and you know they, they're on a, a really beautiful roll at the moment. Six straight wins, is it? Seven straight wins. Um, uh, again, that's going to come to an end soon as well. So it's, it's how it's how they cope with that. You know they're on the they're on the verge of the playoffs. Um, and you know, fair play to them. It's it's, it's, a, it's brilliant to watch. Do I want to play them again? Actually, probably. Yeah, they they, they won't be on this run if they do get. You know, they're not going to win every game for the rest of the season, and we are on one. Um, and we can't we can't fall for that press for three times on the tr- on this trot. We know we can beat them. We beat them at their place, and we beat them at their place last year as well. So we we it's just that we have to find a way of. Get avoiding them frustrating the shit out of us to be honest so uh, yeah. you know we, we, we know what would be coming and we, we, we won't be falling for it a third time we won't be in the playoffs anyway Bill we're going we're going to be seventh I'm sure <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and like I said to you and I'm, I'm just saying this because I'm looking at the facts and it's this crawling over the line business and once you crawl over the line you know it's the momentum but anyway we won't go there because we're going to remain positive but we have to look at the game at the weekend because we've got Rotherham coming down and it is a must win game end of story they are coming down to ngp new griffin park and matt lax from the rotherham podcast knows everything about rotherham so we thought we're going to tap his brains and he's going to give us the lowdown on rotherham hi man's matt from the rotherham united podcast 
Uh, we've been covering Rotherham on the podcast for about 18 months or so. And even in that time, we've covered a lot of interesting Rotherham stories already. We have point promotion points per game. Now in the middle of a very a very strong relegation battle. Uh, even the recent history of Rotherham United, we've seen plenty of changes. Uh, moved to a new stadium in 2012, moving to Sheffield four years before that. A couple of administrations, a couple of back-to-back promotions from League 2 to the... What was Division 1 back then? Now a championship this time around. Um, you never get, never seem to get a boring season with Rotherham United. It's an absolute pleasure to support them, even when it's not going great. It's uh, it's still a fantastic team to support, as far as I'm concerned. Um, our season this season has probably it's probably gone as I expected as it stands. Uh, what we before Wednesday night's game was six points adrift of safety, uh, but with well, at the time three games in hand to Birmingham, so it's not out of the question that we're going to stay up. But we know it's know it's going to be quite difficult. We came in very positive, although we ended up to points per game last season. There was a lot of positivity about how we thought we would do better. We have improved from last time in the Championship. Our defence is much stronger, there's more bodies in there. Uh, Midfield as strong as it's potentially ever been in League One. Uh, So the hope would that be that that would step up to move into the Championship. Um, We had a good balance up front. Michael Smith was a big target man, but he's a good at other stuff. Freddie Ladapo scored 14, 15 goals last season. Um, so he's in theory had had goals in him, and then Matt Crooks from midfield is also almost plays a second striker at times. Uh, we felt like there was a lot of goals in the team. Um, it didn't necessarily play out to start with. It was a steady to steady to slow start, um, with some okay wins, but nothing outstanding. Uh, uh, sort of outstanding win the first half of the season with beating our local rivals Sheffield Wednesday. But bearing in mind where they are in the league in terms of the league win, you know, that was just a local derby. Nice to win it, you know, wasn't beating a good team in the league. Um, the highlight result-wise in terms of who we beat this season is Middlesbrough, went, went away to Middlesbrough and beat them 3-0 and played them off the park. We were outstanding on that night. Uh, a couple of other performances as well, which have been better than they have last time. You know, at times this season, we've looked really, really good. Whereas last time in the championship, we picked up some results without looking amazing. I don't think we won by more than one goal difference. Last in the championship, we've had several 3-0 victories this year, which is massive compared to previous. Um, we're obviously led by Paul Warren, uh, Rotherham legend. Um, he's now, uh, through his playing days and fitness coach and now manager, he's had six promotions, two as a player, two as a coach, and now two as a manager. Um, when I was lad, he was one of my favourite players. He, he, and his, his team is very much in the um, picture of Paul Warren. They work very, very hard. Paul won one, he will be the first person to admit that he wasn't the best footballer. You know, he, he, he claims the record for winning the most amount of throw-ins of Rotherham United. Um, he just worked hard. You know, there's odd moments of quality, but he would run through a brick wall for anybody. Um, and he's brought this stability to the club. Um, there's a positive attitude from him, which emanates to the players. It's all about getting, not just bringing in good footballers, but they have to fit into our methodology of how we want to be as a club. Um, and he's a breath of fresh air for the, in, in terms of football for me. Um, you know, you're always going to get people when 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 we're in a season like this, you're always going to have bad runs. Uh, and a lot of people, not a lot of people, a few people suggested maybe he's out of his depth and things like that. But you've got to bear in mind, we are have a very, very low budget for the league. And we have a very good chance of staying up with our games in hand. So I think, judging at the end of the season, if we go down badly, then I think the most of the questions we have, but for me, Roy Warney is a legend and deserves to be treated with um, as much respect as any club legend that has been in the past. 
um, on the relegation zone. Um, it's going to be difficult to get out of it. But at the same time, we have looked sensational. I can mention the Borough performance uh, away at their place. We absolutely we didn't just beat them, we blew them away. Um, Warnock, Neil Warnock after the game, obviously, you know, he, he knows his championship football. He, he said something along those lines. Uh, there's not many teams that go to, go to Middlesbrough and just blow them away like that. It was it was sensational. And we did similar to Derby. We were in his, um, one of his first games in charge, we, we beat him 1-0. And then a couple of weeks later at our place, we went and beat him 3-0. There's not many teams that's beat Wayne Rooney when he was since he's been full-time manager. So we, we've got it in our lockers, in our locker, to beat some decent teams by some healthy scorelines. We pushed Norwich very, very close a couple of weeks ago by only losing 1-0. Uh, that was a very good performance. We're just getting the back of the net, uh, which has been a bit of an issue in the past month or so. Um, we've got to get that right. Uh, and I think, you know, we've got injuries. This is the issue with this season. A lot of clubs are in a similar boat to us. We've got one, uh, as of, well, I'm, uh, you know, before the game on Wednesday, we've got one fit centre-back and we had been playing three at the back. Um, we've got our, one of our best central midfielders has been out injured for a past couple of weeks. Our best winger from last season has only played two or three games this season because he's been injured, came back and then got injured again. Um, it's all about, it's not all about luck, but a look plays a massive part in this in this division. And for us to have that knee injuries over a short period of time has been very, very costly at times. They should all be back after the international break or on, on you know, just before or just after the international break. So if we can keep a strong if we can keep in touch and get get most of those players back, we could have a really, really good running. Our, our running's pretty kind. The, the game against Brentford on Saturday is the last game. Uh, well, but they get Watford. I think a week later, those last two games of the top, I think in the top six, we've got a pretty kind running. We've got to make that count. Um, hopefully, um, a couple of we'll look at other teams in the championship um, this season. Um, there's been there's lots of very, 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 very good teams this year. Um, we played one of the teams that's that was better than we expected. Um, was Cardiff City. We played Cardiff City, you know, what, four or three or four games into Mick McCarthy taking over. And they weren't anything special outside. They didn't, you know, they didn't play us off the park, but they just knew exactly what to do in terms of football, how to make the game difficult for us. Um, and yeah, there was just Mick McCarthy knows how to do a job on teams like Rotherham, you know, lower to mid table teams. That's, that's his bread and butter. And Cardiff have got some good players. There'll be a handful for anybody on their day, and they for them to get back in the playoff places where they were last season is not necessarily a surprise. Um, but in terms of where they were in the season, that's where and that was probably a surprise. Um, in terms of teams that haven't been as good as what we what you know what we sort of thought and expected, probably Bournemouth. Uh, when we played we played them twice, we drew two two at our place and only lost one nil at their place. They were really, really nothing special. Um, both games we could have won the game and maybe should have won the game. Um, I thought, as along with I'm sure everybody, that Bournemouth would be well up there at the end of the season. And, you know, they're still in with a shout, you know, looking good for the playoffs. But there's a bit of a difference between them and automatic places. I'm very surprised at that. Uh, based on pre-season, but based on what we saw, I'm not surprised that they are a little bit away from that. Uh, when Brentford came to ours earlier in the season, um, Brentford were one of the best teams we've played. They, they play in a style which really doesn't suit us. Uh, we like to press teams really, really high. And when we when we tried to press against Brentford, you just played through the press. Um, Ivan Tony, we played against him last year, obviously for Peterborough. 
but Peter didn't have that many other good players. It was quite easy to keep him quiet because we had you could, didn't have to worry about anybody else. When you give Ivan Tony a bit of time and space, he is going to punish you. He's probably one of the best finishers outside the Premier League, destined for the Premier League sooner or later. Um, yeah, there was you know, got some exceptional players at Brentford and. They are certainly one of the best teams in the league. For me, Norwich are the best team this season. Their movement and everything else was superb both times we played them. Uh, but Brentford aren't, for me, aren't, aren't far behind that. And obviously, the league table tells you that. Um, with the with the top of the table, all the Norwich running away from it. The rest of the table is pretty close. Um, what, what have Rotherham got to do to get, to get a win this weekend? Well, <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the million pound question. Um, We've got to play it as best. You know, we're playing Wednesday night to playing Wednesday night and then playing Saturday does not suit us all. We're a high press team, higher energy. Playing so quickly after that is just not not helpful to us. Um, and with the injuries in defence, that really doesn't help either. We'll have one of our centre backs back for Saturday, um, but only one of them in theory. It's going to be very very tough. We need a not miracles, probably too strong a word, but we need to play an exceptional game of football and hope that Brentford have an off day to be able to pick up anything. Uh, it's a bit of a free hit for us. I say we've not got many games against top teams left. So this one is a little bit of a free hit for us. And hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood, always have the faith. Um, we will pick something up. Um, we'll score prediction. 2-0 uh, Brentford, similar to what it was last season. Uh, sorry, last time out. It's going to be tough for us. Um, and I'd be surprised if we pick anything up. Um, cheers for having us on, guys. And uh, good luck for the season, hopefully, after Saturday. Cheers. So there you go, Matt, from the Rotherham podcast. Cheers, Matt. So uh, shame that we're not going to see you on Saturday, because I know that you would have loved to come down to New Griffin Park and uh, had a few beers in the globe with us, but it's not happening because we're still locked down. But there's a countdown. Have you, lady, have you got a, a little clock or something like that, your calendar, where you've got sort of kind of like June the 21st, you know, sort of kind of countdown hours and minutes, counting days, counting down to June the 21st? Because I kind of have, actually. I've just, I'm looking at that day thinking, oh, my God. I mean, we got my other, as you know, I've I, I managed a, a team, a, girls, a young girls football team, and uh, we just got our fixtures yesterday and it was so exciting I mean I was so excited because all of a sudden I'm thinking oh yes there's another return back to normality girls are going to go back we can start the training sessions you know we can go up oh, this is actually real you know considering we've been locked inside our houses for pretty much three months it's going to be it just feels like there is the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm getting quite excited so I'm just wondering whether or not you've got this countdown calendar um, to the 21st of June when everything is meant to be going hey it's all back to normal or not quite but we, you you understand what I mean you've placed a lot of faith in this 21st of June I don't I don't trust I don't trust I don't trust that's going to happen it doesn't matter um, lady you've got, you've well, got no, something, you think, to, something yeah, to aim well, at didn't you of course of course yeah I'm I'm, I'm whether it's the 21st of June or, or it's a little bit later or it's whatever it's it's, it's on it's on its way so uh, yeah life life and the fun and uh, holidays is going to return for me um, I'm just massively sad still for people that have been affected, um, including people like Greville, um, who's you know decided 
contributor and a regular life life ain't going to return to normal for him on june the 21st so um you know i'm you know i, I look at the 120 130,000 dead and just go life's not returning for them so uh I, yeah it, it is it's good obviously like life life's for living um and obviously i want my life back um but you know i'm, I'm massively sad for people that it's it's just not going to be the same so that's 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 where I'm at, Bill. It might be a bit doom and gloom, but that, you know, I, I, that's the way I'm built. I'm afraid. No, no, no. And I hear that, lady. And and, and like I said to you, thoughts going out to everybody. Or like I said to you, you know, I've got mates as well who have been exactly the same position. You know, Greville as well, but other people as well have been in the exactly the same position who have lost loved ones. And you know, listen, it's terrible times here. But listen, let's let's move forward and let's you know be positive because there are positive times ahead. And like I said to you, we are, well, I said flipping this, moving into talking about playing Rotherham. We're playing Rotherham on Saturday. I don't know the, the link between us playing Rotherham, but we're playing Rotherham on Saturday and we really do need to get a result. Now, looking at their game against Sheffield Wednesday, they must be absolutely brewing because Sheffield Wednesday, you know, we're looking like they're going to get a point out of it. And Rotherham propped up in the sort of night. They did a, a bit of a sort of inverse Swansea and um, popped up with a, a goal. Well, they didn't cheat the goal, though. In the 90th plus, what, third or 90th plus fourth minute, and their substitute actually got a goal very late on in that game to get them the three points. So they're going to be buzzing off the back of that. Look at that, you know, that game. They were very effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities through individual skills. So they've got some good players who can create opportunity. They created uh, goal-scoring opportunities from the flanks. So they were coming down the, the wings um, and also from counter-attacks. So, you know, as, as we know this as well, Rotherham, they like to sort of kind of sit and then spring the counter as well. And they were strong at finishing what they did do though they lost possession often in that game they were aggressive and they committed a number of individual errors so uh, they had a large quantity of possession in the opponent's half so they like to camp themselves in the half as much as they can do as well they like long shots as well and they attacked down the left hand side which is actually Dalsgaard's side so that would be quite interesting so that's you know that's how Swansea um, you know um, Swansea that's how Rotherham played against Sheffield Wednesday last night they're good in the air they're good at attacking set pieces and they're good at creating scoring chances. So we need to make sure that we don't switch off like we normally do. But where their weakness is keeping possession of the ball, avoiding individual errors, defending through ball attacks and defending counter attacks. And they like to take lots of shots. They like a long ball game. They like to attempt crosses as well, you know, which comes back to Reed sort of kind of doing his thing, you know, in the middle there. They control the game in the opposite the position's half. That's how they play their game. They like to play the offside trap. So if we could spring that great and they're aggressive. So Laney, we know about Rotherham. We've beaten Rotherham already this season. Looking at that and, and, and how they beat Wednesday, listen, this is our game. There's, there's plenty for there for us to sort of chew upon, isn't there? Yeah, uh, it was a it was a decent win for them last night. Uh, they they had to win that game. It was a bottom of the table clash. Um, Rotherham are third from bottom for a reason. They are the third worst team in this division on the season so far. Uh, we're the second best in this division so far. That has to come into play. We have to play to our strengths. Uh, Rotherham have lost up until last night the previous five games by a single goal, which proves, although you know they're they're not hemorrhaging goals, they're they're not they're not a decent team. They are they they they've beaten. A team that we beat three nil, um, and you know we weren't at our best uh, against Sheffield Wednesday when we played them last week. So I, we, I, I have to be focused on on us us 
dusting ourselves down from, from Norwich and setting ourselves up to, to do a, a thorough a thorough demolition of them, to be honest with you. You know, we, I'm, not, I'm not looking at their strengths, really. I mean, obviously, as a, as a coach, if it, was, if it was Thomas Frank, you'd have to look at their threats. I'm not saying take it for granted and, and, and be kind of completely nonchalant about them, but we have to concentrate on our own game and setting ourselves up, getting the ball wide, getting getting Canos focused on 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 not not running into players and trying that nutmeg drag back that he does every time. Just get the ball past him and, and, and beat beat fullbacks and defenders for pace. Start dribbling again. We, we we have we we didn't dribble with the ball last night. Just 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 do Brentford things and we do that, we win the game. So I'm very, very confident but that's not being arrogant, you know. We that they are able to close us down, they are able to hit the ball long. I think our defence actually suits us for this game. You know, it's it's this no nonsense back four. Um, I think that's 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 actually a positive thing against teams like Rotherham. Teams like Rotherham. So Laney, what do you think the score is going to be against teams like Rotherham? Three nil or three one. I'll go three one. Brentford. 3-1 to the Mighty Bees for Laney and I am going to go 2-0 to the Mighty Bees. We have to get our game back on track and we have to win because, you know, there's only one objective at the moment now. We've just got to keep ourselves ahead of the pack. So there you go. Uh, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. I had to get all that off my chest. Laney had to get that all off his chest. I feel much better for getting it off my chest now. The games are coming thick and fast because as we record this now, and by the time you edit it and chop it up and put it into a little piece and put it out, the next game is going to start again. It is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, in the Bill, turnaround. Ju- yeah? just, a qu- just a quickie. Who um, has sw- got at the weekend? I, I they, don't know who they've got. Middle, they got middle oh, Middlesbrough yes. at they have, home. They have got Middlesbrough mm. at home now. Uh, now we got a bit of a war. They've got Warnocking. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, so Warnock, mate. Now, exactly. Now, who did Neil Warnock used to manage? He used to manage Cardiff, if I'm Ooh. not mistaken, didn't he? Look, do mm. Cardiff like Swansea? They love each other, don't they, down there? <laughs> did you, so, do you think so? As a matter of sort of kind of like you know putting two plus two together, like a you know like a good mathematician like you are, Lane, you do seventy four percent. Seventy four percent. Do you think Neil Warnock mm. then likes Swansea? I don't think Neil Warnock likes anyone. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, but I, they, they're fighting to get in the playoffs, and uh, you know, I, it's going to be a battle, and uh, I, I wouldn't like to be playing them again. Uh, I, I hope Swansea turn up, or not Swansea. I hope um, Borough turn up. Uh, the, the Borough team that turned up against us, as opposed to the Borough team that's turned up a few other matches where the Borough fans are, are sort of kind yeah, of exactly nodding right. their heads. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So fingers crossed. Exactly. You know the Borough posse out there. You know we're going to give you lots of shouts and yeah. everything else big, that we need big to love, do. Big love to big the love Borough. To you, Twelve Man posse and, and, and the, uh, the Fly Me to the Moon and everybody up there. The, the Borough down south. You know and the UCF. Everybody, you're getting shouts. You know we're going to shout you up. So make sure that you shout at your posse. And you know you know can't be in the stadium, but still behind your TVs and everything like that. You have to shout as much as possible but anyway it's your fault lady you keep on bringing Swansea <laughs> back into things and I keep on trying well, not to talk the, about the, them. the bloke on Kofi said every time I wind you up about and he's going to pay us <laughs> a 10 quid so I'm happy to do it all day long to be honest with you because <laughs> right, well, it's so easy okay, well, I, it's so easy uh, uh, well, I, like I said to you I'm going to are you going to take a more professional uh, view about this in the, in the next podcast and I'm not going to rise to the bait of the lady it's only because there's two of us here and you know that you could do it whereas with there's three or four people I 
could actually palm it off to other people but you know she <laughs> uh, just can't get away with it but anyway like I said to you I'm Billy Grant here I've had quite good fun it's very early in the morning still but listen I'm going to go away and I'm going to chop this up now and it's going to go there and you're going to be very very happy as we go. we're going to play rather and you're going to come down because we're going to get lots of goals we're going to get back on track and we're just like come on come on you bees Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.